Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prail. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Thank you, Paul. How you doing, everybody? My name is Daryl Prale. This is another episode of Inside Inside Sales. It's the show where we go to talk trade. And what I mean by that is we're not talking strategy. We're not talking trends. We're not talking big picture. We are talking the tactics, the tools, and the tips you need to succeed every day in your job as a sales development professional. If you don't know me, and no problem, you can check me out on LinkedIn, Daryl Prale, or on Twitter. On Twitter, you'll find my handle is opinionated, O-H-P-I-N-I-O-N, the number eight, T-E-D. And the beauty of that spelling is no matter where I go, it's always available. And it is evocative of how I approach all of our content. I bring an opinion. Whether you like it or love it, hopefully you'll learn something from it. And if you disagree with me, please shout it out because that's how we all learn with the conversation. With that, I want to segue. We're getting close to the end of 2018, very close, in fact. And 2019 is just around the corner. And as a sales professional, 2019 to me, you know, January 1st kind of thing is always akin to kind of like, you know, the start of school. It's a fresh start. We've gotten over the holidays and we're back maybe from a small mini vacation. And now we're heads down buckling and we're approaching our job, our goal, our objective to raise funds, to raise revenues, to hit quota with new vigor and new determination. But sometimes you need to be reminded of the basics you should be doing, and as well, perhaps dip your toe, if you will, into the water of ideas you haven't tried yet. It's a new year. It's a new chance to reinvigorate your goals and objectives, and that's what brings us to today's episode. I am joined by Niraj Kapoor, and let me tell you a little bit about Niraj, because he's got a kind of cool, interesting story. He's got over 20 years working in sales in corporate London. I love that, right? It's not just London. It's corporate London, right? Almost like a a whole different set of expectations, but from SMEs to the Guardian newspaper group to the uh, Financial Times 100 businesses, all right? So if you're not sure what that is, that's the equivalent of the Fortune 500. He's an author, not just any old author. He's a best-selling author. His book, Everybody Works in Sales, is a must-read. So again, new year, new book, Everybody Works in Sales. You can find it on Amazon. But due to all that success, He's actually set up an expert sales coaching practice called Everybody Works in Sales. Clearly, he's good at branding the book, the practice, it's all the same. And in that, he helps businesses and entrepreneurs increase revenue by teaching sales techniques and strategies that are not forceful or lacking integrity. He has trained clients and given talks at NatWest, University of Buckingham, Barclays, and Federation of Small Businesses. This is the man. And beyond all that, he still has time to help out in charities like Action Aid, Will and Hospice, The Samaritans, and he grows, by the way, and this is really important, a ridiculous mustache every Movember. With that, I'm excited to welcome to the show. Niraj, how are you doing, sir? Daryl, that's a fantastic introduction. I'm doing great, thank you. Greetings from England. Well, greetings back from Canada and all of North America. Uh, I, I, I always say this for those who don't know, Canada, England, and we're all part of the Commonwealth. 
So, uh, you know, we have that in common and God bless the queen. So with that out of the way, we can actually get down the physics. All right. So now Narashi and I had a chance to talk and I've talked at length because there's a number of areas where we can uh, take this. And ironically enough, you don't know Naraj. I didn't either. Now, I was introduced to you. Was it Steve Burton that, that introduced us? Yeah, we both know Don Disney as well, but it was Steve Burton. And Dan Disney. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For guys who don't know, we just ha ironically had Steve Burton on, on a great episode, Do You Know Why You're Prospecting? So check out that episode. Steve's a dynamo. He's like the, the all-time winningest sales trainer in all the UK. But uh, so Steve, when we were done our podcast, he actually pinged me, Daryl, you got to speak to Naraj. This guy's killing it. And when we chatted, I was like, hey, Naraj, you know, you, your book covers a lot of stuff. What do you want to talk about? And you came up with this Kickstart 2019. So what was your motivation for that? I'm kind of curious. Well, I see so many salespeople this time of year, Daryl, some cases struggling, but many cases panicking to hit their year end number. And that's a really important number to hit. But what you have to do as well is keep a really close eye on next year on what's called your forward bookings target. So you start the year really well ahead. So talk to me about a four bookings target. I know we're going to get into the, the tactics on the Kickstarter 2019, but for those not familiar with it, what is that? A four bookings target is when you're working for a, a business, the company always has the target you have to hit end of the year. And then they say you have to put 40% of next year's target booked before next year. So they expect you to book money into, you know, it's 2018 now, and they expect you to book at least 30 to 40% of your 2019 target as well. And you get an extra bonus for that, which can be worth, you know, several thousand dollars or several thousand pounds. So it's a really important target to hit. It also sets you up well for 2019. If there's not enough stress on you as a sales rep, now you got to kind of get like 40% of your <laughs> exactly. target before January 1st. Ends. So guys, you should be listening to this podcast because we're going to walk through how to do this. Now, not, not, not all of your tactics. We've got five we're going to cover today, folks. Not all the tactics that we've come up with here, Naraj, are like do this. Some of these are also kind of a little more, I don't want to say philosophical, but they're def definitely of an opinion. That maybe it's more of a methodology or more of, of, of a mindset. I'm curious why you brought both the practical to our discussion as well as kind of the, the softer skills to the discussion. What, what, what was the rationale there? Well, it's really important uh, whenever I do things. I've always been a salesperson. That's what I've always done. But for the last six years, I've also been a sales coach and a trainer. I have to use the skills I have that I know make salespeople do better. So that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you like the best of what I've discovered over the years and like the best of what's working right now. All right, we're gonna give you a 360 here, guys. All right, with that, let's get into the into the nitty gritty of the top five tips and tricks. And what was interesting, again, when I was talking to Naraj, I kind of said to him, you know, let's let's identify three to five key takeaways for the audience to, to understand here. And, and he was almost like, that's it? Because he's got way more. If you like what we're talking about here, while you're listening to this, go on to LinkedIn and you know, do a search for Naraj Kapoor. If you're not sure how to spell that, N-I-R-A-J, Naraj Kapoor, K-A-P-U-R. Find them, follow them. That's what you need to know. Number one, you said to me, and then these are no in particular order, stop trying to sell and start researching, which is really interesting because often I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying you're spending too much time researching and you got to start trying to sell. So... <laughs> We may have a difference of opinion on this one. So I'll let you go first. Where are you coming from? Well, now that I have my own business, I have people selling to me every single day, sometimes 10 times a day. 
And I'm always surprised that they don't know me and don't know my business. You can't sell to somebody if you don't know somebody. We have a big private club opening up near my house. It costs thousands of dollars or thousands of pounds a year to join. And the guy said, why don't you join our club? And I said, uh, okay, what do I do for a living? And he couldn't tell me. I said, I've just set up my sales coaching and business. How can I spend thousands of pounds a year on your club? And he goes, do you live nearby? You can maybe come around and see our club. I'm like, you don't know where I live. You haven't researched me on LinkedIn. It's so, so important. It shows a lot of mutual respect as well. If you want to do business with somebody, always research on Google what the business is and always research on LinkedIn the person you're speaking to so you can find some kind of common bond. For me, that's that's really professional courtesy and it's mutual respect. And that's why I say it's always good to research your clients before you call them. I agree. Like you, uh, I've said this before on the show, I'll say it again. I'm held up, shall we say, as a classic target for people to sell items to because I do have the marketing role here at Vanilla Soft, which means I have a budget because I'm in position in the management team. That means I can make decisions. Uh, so I, I get targeted nonstop. And the vast majority of them are exactly what you describe. It's a pitch. It's rarely even a hi, how are you? If there's nothing here to get to know me, there's nothing relational about it. It's a pitch about what they do. So they don't show any interest in me. They are viewing me as a transaction. I'm viewing this. So I feel like I am a piece of meat to them, for lack of a better word, that they can just chew on. <laughs> exactly. Um, they don't want to get to know me. And then, you know, they don't know what I do. They may be right. The product or the service they're proposing may be, in fact, very beneficial. But I don't know your product. I don't know your service. I don't have much time. If you could take a little investment of effort on your part, to get to know who I am, what I'm about, what my objectives are, in a cursory, superficial way. Like You should be able to figure that out really, really fast. Or just outright ask me, because I will tell you, and then map to me in your, your pitch, your unique selling proposition, my pain, my issue, and how your solution may address that, and perhaps provide some street cred by saying, and you've done the same thing for customer A, B, or C, and maybe here's a link to other white paper on the issue and how you approach it, or a case study on how my competition use that tool to achieve great results. So now it's personal. I'm just going to say thanks, but no thanks. I'm just going to delete you. I fully, fully agree if they just did a little bit of research that that would work. Now, my concern is if you look at the stats right now, most sales development reps, you know, this is, and they work in a, in a CRM system, they're productive 35% of the time, which means two thirds of the time, they're not productive. And a large portion of that two thirds of the time, they're doing research. They're doing so much research it's almost like they're afraid to actually do the sales call or the outreach. <laughs> That's actually so, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you balance that? I'm saying one thing, you're saying another, and for different reasons. I'm saying it because, folks, you're not being productive. You're you're wasting time trying to be overprepared. And you're saying, but so many of you are doing zero preparation and your pitches are going to fail because there's no context, nothing to connect with, nothing relational. I mean, in your case, I listened to you and you were like, what I just effectively heard you say was, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I do. You don't know where I, where I live. How can we have a relationship if you don't care? And that's why I just heard you say. So how do you balance those two? Sales is a lot like marriage sometimes, Daryl. It's all about compromise. So um, I love that quote because it's so true. And what you want to do is not spend too much time researching, 
but don't do zero research either. So people are always surprised that despite all my experience, I still spend 60 minutes a day cold calling. I will contact four people and I will spend 10 minutes researching each person, five minutes on their LinkedIn profile, seeing what kind of common bonds do we have or who do we know, and then five minutes on their website looking at a news story or a case study. You know, it's really important to do that. You may not get the chance to speak about it over the phone on the first time, but at least do that quick bit of research. Any news I can talk about, any case study I can lead with, and who do they know that I may know on LinkedIn? Any, what do we have in common? And that won't take more than 10 minutes at the very most. So don't spend 15, 20 minutes researching a company. That's too much, but spend up to 10 minutes. That's very important. Based on that math, if I was in an eight-hour sales day, how many outreach attempts would you be able to do based on the math you just put forth? Well, eight times four is 32, okay? All right, so no, that's, that's why not... I wanted to make sure that's what I heard you. Yeah. So that's not bad, right? I mean, a lot of people will say, I want you doing 50 calls a day or, or more. But, you know, 32 well-researched outreach attempts, assuming the right typical connection rate, will actually probably produce a heck of a lot more positive results than 50 or more non-researched outreach attempts. Oh, 100%. I've coached both kinds of companies, companies that do 50 to 60 calls a day and companies that only do five or six calls a day. And the ones who are doing between, I mean, you don't have to do as many as 32 because often you have internal meetings throughout the day. You may have client meetings throughout the day. But if you're making anywhere from 18 to about 28, 29 calls a day, you're doing really, really well. You don't have to make 50, 60 calls a day for success. And quite that often has the opposite effect. Really research your calls properly and you will see a massive difference. So with that, that's first of five. We're gonna go for a quick commercial break and then we're gonna come back and wrap it up in the next four in a lightning round. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, so now number two, I love this one, but this is maybe a flashback to a different era. So I'm curious if it's really still relevant. You're saying we should send thank you cards. Talk to me. Every time I meet a new prospect or someone does me a favor or something very nice, I always send them a thank you card. And the reason I send a thank you card by mail or in the post is because all we get in the post are bills, or junk. That's pretty much it. You don't really get much positive stuff in the post. And you send somebody a thank you card, you make their day, it makes them happy. At least five times out of 10, they pick up the phone to thank me. 
And then all of a sudden, you've taken your relationship with that person a step forward. And sales is all about taking steps forward. And that's why it's so important. Not many salespeople do it, but I've had tremendous success doing this. I've had people put thank you cards on LinkedIn, and we've had long debates about thank you cards, what it does for your branding and your appreciation and just being different as a salesperson is unbelievable. Well, you are spot on, right? It is memorable. I know when I get those cards in the mail, uh, I go, hmm, you know, isn't that cool? And and they stick out in my mind a little bit more. If I'm unconvinced that the product is the right fit for me or the service, does that thank you card change my opinion? No. But if I'm in a sales and situation where I know I need a solution and now I'm looking at vendor A, B, and C and you're B, and you said a thank you card nobody else did. If all things were equal, I'm going to go with you because you understand the power of the relationship. And that appeals to me immensely because I'm not just buying a product or a service. I'm buying a relationship. You know, when things go tough and things go awry, I'm not looking at the software or the professional services. I'm looking at you to help save me. So that part is really powerful. I love that. And the best of all is that there's actually services out there who will do this for you with the thank you cards. So you, it doesn't have to be a painful process. You can use third-party services to do this. So that's kind of cool. I'm guessing I shouldn't send a thank you fax, though, just to be clear. <laughs> no, please don't do that. Number three, this is a really good reminder. You're putting it out there, ironically, as a best-selling author, learn every day from books and from successful people. So speak to me in that because it almost seems obvious. But again, I know what we're doing here is we're actually putting out reminders. There probably isn't anything new here we're saying, but it's an affirmation, it's a reminder that if you're not doing this, it is affecting your success and you should be doing this. So why do you say learn every day from books and successful people? If you want to get better at sales and if you want to hit your sales target, one of the best things you can do is read great sales books from the, the typical masters, Anthony Anarino, uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, Mark Hunter, all the people you'd expect, and also learn from successful people. So find out who the most successful salespeople are in your office or other companies and buy them lunch. Every day people have to eat. And every company I've worked in, I've found the most successful person or people and I bought them lunch. I, I would say maybe out of say 50 people over the last 10 years who are really successful have a lunch with, only two have said, no, I'm too busy. And the rest of them said yes, because people have to eat lunch. I'm always very grateful for their time. I pay for the lunch and I sit there asking them questions and, and really admiring that person and putting them on a pedestal and asking for advice. And it's a great way to build a relationship as well. Now, I know you're in, in the UK and I'm in Canada, but I'm just making an observation here. You have never asked to buy me lunch. So I'm taken by extraction. That means you don't think I'm a great or successful person. Is that what you're saying to me? No, I'm saying when I go to Canada, you're the first person I'm buying lunch. <laughs> oh, good recovery. Well done. You know what's funny, Naraj, is that every time I interview somebody on this wonderful show of ours, anytime I have a conversation at a, at a live conference or even a networking event, and we get into this, this conversation, the ones who are successful, they have a recurring statement they always make, and that is just this, read, read, read. And they say the same thing, Blount, Hunter. Gittimer, you know, they go on, right? Bertuzzi, etc. These people have all made noticeable impacts upon them and changed how they approach it and helped give them a framework or help them maybe prioritize their approach or, or give order to perhaps some chaos or disorganization in how I approach my game. So I would fully agree with you that it is probably the best piece of device that is easiest to do. And candidly, 
between e-readers and audiobooks. It doesn't have to be something you actually read. It just needs to be information you need to consume. I have a minimum 45-minute commute, minimum, each way every day from my house to my office. I listen to audiobooks. I have a hard time otherwise getting that information. So to your point, learn from the masters now more than ever, especially if you want to do better this year than last year. Great advice. Number four, you asked, I, I love this point you're making, and you just alluded to it about your luncheons. You say, ask great questions, especially though, forward thinking ones. So elaborate on that. Asking great questions just shows you're very interested in the other person. And a big mistake salespeople make is they talk too much about themselves and they don't show enough interest in the other person. And asking a great question shows a lot of respect towards your customer and it shows you're genuinely interested in the customer. And in terms of forward thinking questions, they get great conversations going. So asking a customer, where do you see your industry changing six months from now? Or how do you see your business being influenced by the current political climate 12 months from now? These are good questions to ask because, again, you're respecting their opinion. You want to hear what they say. And a future-based question always gets a good discussion going. I am such a fan of that forward-thinking one, you know, because candidly, often I'm so in the moment and doing my thing. And sales professionals are the exact same way that we don't have time ourselves to think about our own forward-thinking, you know, scenarios. You know, how how will my future be impacted 12 months from now if this happens or that happens? You know, there's so much going on in our economy and in our lives. Asking others, because it often sparks the conversation. Maybe they don't know themselves. But between you and they, there's this back-and-forth dialogue that takes place that you both leave there getting value from the conversation. So I love that. I want to share a story with you, Narash, you don't mind. This is where you say, no, Daryl, go ahead. Uh, my, uh, my oldest child, he has found himself a young lady who he's rather enamored with, and they've been in a relationship for a period of time. And he's recently started to meet his prospective future in-laws. And the one, we won't name names, has proven rather challenging. Let's just go with that. And, uh, and not unlike a sales call, right? Not everybody's going to be receptive. So my coaching to him was simple, and it's exactly what you just said. He was there recently over the, the weekend. He flew in to spend time with them. And I said, um, ask them questions about themselves, their lives, their jobs, their hobbies, their passions, their philosophies, their thoughts. Never make it about you. Make it about them. There's lots of times in the future we can get back to you. People like talking about themselves. That's not meant to sound rude because it's a topic we're comfortable with. And that helps bring the guard down. And it's the beginning of a relationship. And that worked well for me for so many years. And when I asked him afterwards, did you do that? Yes, I did. How did that work? It worked fantastic. He was almost shocked that dad had good advice. But to hear you say the same thing, brilliant advice. I can attest to that. It works every single time. Last, lack of EQ will hold back your career. What do you mean by EQ? Lack of EQ? What is EQ? <laughs> lack of emotional intelligence. Of course. I knew that. Lack of emotional intelligence will hold back your career. And it's so true. We actually had a conversation about this a few episodes ago, and this is critical uh, on this topic, how it's your whole mindset. But maybe you can elaborate on that. When I was working for the equivalent of a Fortune 500 company uh, many years ago, I had been promoted within a year. And the number two sales guy had as well. And a year later, I got promoted again. The number two sales guy got promoted. And the third year in a row, I thought, yes, I'm going to get this big, big promotion. I didn't get it. The guy beneath me did. And I couldn't understand that. And I said to my boss, why is that? And he said, Neeraj, you're a great salesperson, but you lack emotional intelligence. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, you hold grudges against people who do bad things and you express every emotion. Stop doing that. 
And I was really hurt at the time, but it was actually brilliant advice he gave me. You know, when I hear that, you know, my immediate reaction is he's right. Your boss is right. But my immediate reaction was that wasn't a failure on your part. That was a failure on your boss's part. That should never have been a surprise to you that you didn't get that job. You should have known months and months in advance because your, your boss should have been coaching you, taking you in. Mirage, I'm noticing this. This may affect your career. How can we help? That didn't happen. So, you know, in all fairness, you were also let down by your boss. And that they may be a great person, but we just did a, a discussion on this on coaching. This is important. If you're listening to coaching, this is important. This is it, It's not a once a year thing. So I, I feel bad that that didn't happen to you. But the point they are making is brilliant and it's true. You've got to have the right mindset. You've got to not make it personal, which can be hard in sales sometimes. You've got to understand that you have weaknesses and shortcomings. That's not a negative. It's not that somebody else is better than you because they may have more skills in certain areas. It's just that they're more mature in that one area. But the beauty is you can overcome that. If you have that mindset, if you make it a purpose, go read the books, listen to these podcasts, practice what you preach, do A-B testing on the calls to figure out how to do it. Then your emotional intelligence drives your success. It's truly all about the right mindset. So what did you do to change? I learned to think before I speak, which is really important. I stopped holding grudges against people. So, you know, when you work in a sales environment, there's always going to be a few salespeople who are jealous of you because of your success. There's always going to be salespeople who say things behind your back. There's going to be salespeople who call your clients when they shouldn't. And what you do is you talk to them about it. You don't just hold grudges against people and be angry because quite often that anger expresses itself in ways it shouldn't. And this was five years ago, just as I was discovering coaching and personal development. So I was at a very young stage, even though I was quite experienced in many ways, I was at a very young stage in my personal development and growth of my career. And it was a brilliant lesson I learned. So I've learned to be very careful now before I speak. And I've learned now to think a lot. And pretty much every time before I speak, I often think about what I'm going to say. And that makes a big difference. So there you have it, folks. Kickstart 2019. Number one, stop trying to sell and start researching. Number two, send thank you cards. Number three, learn every day from books and successful people. Number four, ask great questions, but especially forward thinking ones. And number five, a lack of emotional intelligence will hold back your career. So do something about it. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you need to go buy, consume, because that was step number three, learn every day from books. Everybody works in sales, a bestseller on Amazon. Check it out. My guest today, Niraj Kapar. Did I get that right? I think I totally screwed that one up, didn't I? <laughs> We're already close. I was, Kapoor, I I was close there. so close. Oh, I see what happens. You try to wrap it up and you do all this excitement. Anyway, guys, it clearly in 2019, I have to work on my wrap-ups. And I'm going to do that with an emotional intelligence. I might even read some books on it. Niraj, thank you for your time today. Darrell, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. If you want to meet more about Naraj, I've already told you about LinkedIn. Go to everybodyworksinsales.com and check them out more. In the meantime, this is Daryl Pro from Inside Inside Sales. We ask that you follow us, share this podcast with your friends and your peers because we're one big community here, folks, and we want to learn and grow together because, hey, 2019 is just around the corner. We're out of time here, folks. I had a blast. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel, sponsored by VanillaSoft. <laughs>